Is abortion about a woman's right or are there much deeper spiritual implications? Does President Biden believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Have his views evolved over the years? We're going to discuss these things and more. And we're going to talk about the two things you're not supposed to, politics and religion. We think it's time to talk about them. Welcome to End of the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're so excited that you have joined us today. You know, Doug, um, I was thinking about it on the way in here this this afternoon, and I thought, you know, Doug's doing such a great job. <laughs> Doug's doing such a great job. You what about, are. What about Vince? Vince is doing a great job. Well, that would job. be really weird if I started by saying, Vince, you're doing such a... <laughs> you're doing a great job, Doug. Thanks, I mean, Vince. We, so are you. We were kind of... Uh, the way all this happened, you know, this wasn't uh, as strategic as maybe we would have liked it to have been. Right. With Irvin's passing, obviously none of us liked that. Mm-hmm. And then Dave was uh, loaded down with all the everyday show, every you know, an hour every single day, plus magazine, plus all these things. Yeah. And uh, we kind of jumped in to help relieve him of some of those duties, at least give him a couple days a week where he can... Uh, not have to prepare a whole hour's worth of programming. Right. And I just thought, you know what? You do so much work for this show, and you're just doing a great job. And I wanted to well, make sure I say that. that for everybody to hear. Well, thank you very much. You're doing much. a great job, Doug. I appreciate that. Absolutely. You, you, never, had, you ever think you'd be sitting in this chair I doing never, this sort of thing? Never, ever. It didn't even want to, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I was comfortable where I was, uh, you know, behind the scenes and traveling. So. Here we are. And well, I'm glad that you are not behind the scenes anymore in this regard, and I know that everyone else out there is glad as well. We get nothing but love for you. <laughs> Sometimes I jack it up and bring you down with well, me. but At least they got our names on the right side of the screen now, so everybody's okay with is that. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm mad now. Why am I not on the left side? I don't know, but I got an email the other day that said, finally, you guys got it right. So now I can keep you two, you know, straight. But I, some people still think you're Steve. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll answer to Steve sometimes, I suppose. Um, well, today we have a, I guess, kind of somber show. It's not a topic that we necessarily want to discuss. It's If we had it our way, this wouldn't even be something that we had to discuss or something that was happening uh, in our headlines. But abortion is rampant in the United States. There are millions of babies being um, murdered via abortion every single year. And, you know, recently President Biden uh, was asked about it, or at least um, Secretary Saki was, and of course, Biden has made some comments about it, and we felt like it was it was a topic that is critical for us to discuss, um, just so we kind of tap into where America's moral compass is, and really the world. Where's the world's moral compass? Because when you start thinking about abortion, it gets troubling if you know any information about it. 
Um, I know that oftentimes it's painted in a picture of uh, a woman's right to choose. And that's a certainly a less morbid perspective than murdering a baby. And so when you start thinking about the uh, murder aspect of it, the killing aspect of it, it just is not something that we want to talk about, Doug. Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I understand, too, that there are some uh, situations where people are put in uh, a circumstance where they think that they, there's no other way out of this. But, you know, uh, Vince, I was brought up in a circumstance like that. You know, I mean, my, my personal story, I didn't even know my birth dad until I was 18. I didn't even know that I had a birth dad and that, you know, I knew I was adopted but didn't understand all that. My mom had to make some hard choices when she was young. And, and I was born, uh, you know, really out of an affair that happened. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you think about things like that and you think about what we talked about today before the show, that was one of the things that I thought about was this could happen to me. You know, if, if it was maybe a little bit later after Roe versus Wade, this could have been a decision my mom could have made where I could have been aborted, you know, as uh, a child. So, uh, you know, it, it kind of hits, it, it hits you hard sometimes, and you, especially being a father, being a grandfather, and being able to hold those newborn babies in your hands. And um, it's just, it's hard sometimes to think about what happens. So I, it's a hard reality. Well, how, as Christians, how do we do this? I mean, you and I know people who have had abortions, we we love these people and they regret their decision. Right. Um, as Christians, we have to navigate these conversations, these relationships, in a way that is not um, hateful. Right. You know, we have to love these people that are choosing to do this, um, but we also wouldn't want to um, come across as being in favor of that decision, right. how in the world do we navigate this as Christians? Like, go back to your pastoring days, yeah. uh, and how do you answer that? Well, you know, I would have to, if if somebody came to me and they, they had already done this, I would have to go to the redemption side of things and, and let them know that they can repent of this and there can be forgiveness, there can be healing there, because I can only imagine, Vince, what a young mother would go through after something like this and, and, and what must weigh on their conscience, weigh on their hearts. Um, even if it seemed like a good idea at the time, I think that my best way to go against something like that is just teach them that, you know, there's repentance and there's salvation still. God still loves you. And, and yes, this is a mistake and, um, and it's a painful lesson that we've had to learn but God there's redemption there there's forgiveness there and if there's somebody out there that's that's done this and they're having those feelings about remorse and their conscience is just driving them crazy there's a a God that died on the cross for your sins and and that sin is you know it's it's no different than any other sin God died for their sin as well and there's redemption so but but you need to be redeemed if you've done that absolutely you can't you wouldn't remain you couldn't flaunt christianity and abortion that's what you're saying yeah that's exactly what i'm saying 
That's quite yeah. a stance, Doug. That I know. In, in the in the culture that we live in, it's and it's weird to even say that that sh- that shouldn't be a strong stance, right? Right. But in the culture that we live in, for some reason, that's a that feels like when you're saying that, I'm going. That feels some, there's something in me that's going. People aren't going to like that. Yeah. That's really weird. Well, Deuteronomy 30:19 says, "I call heaven." and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live. Choose life. We've got video clips. We've got some photos to share with you after the break. So stay tuned. We'll be talking more about abortion on the other side of the break. Does the book of Revelation frighten you? Do its symbols confuse you? For centuries, the book of Revelation has been misunderstood and misinterpreted. In Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 1, Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. This 10-part definitive DVD series and 268-page comprehensive commentary book covers the first 12 chapters of the book of Revelation, featuring on-location photography, classic artwork, and symbolic illustrations. You'll walk away with complete understanding and peace about the events happening during the final years on Earth. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding as you dig into the original intent of the book, answering the mysterious prophecies and symbols of the book of Revelation. Don't miss this special offer. Call now, 1-800-END-TIME, or go to endtime.com to order. Call or go online now to get this comprehensive Bible study. We've seen Bible prophecy fulfilled like never before. From the halls of the United Nations to the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, End Time Ministries continues to reveal the Bible prophecy in the news headlines around the world every day. Whether it's through our broadcast or online at our Jerusalem Prophecy College, your gifts enable us to put vital materials in the hands of those who need it most. Because of you, we continue to replace fear with faith in the hearts of Christians around the world we will continue to see prophecy come to pass at an even swifter pace. We need your support. Your donation of any amount enables us to continue to broadcast and be a voice in the ever-growing censored media. To become a partner or give a one-time gift, visit endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME right now. That's 800-363-8463. Go online now. Visit endtime.com. Welcome back to Into the Age. I'm Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. I do want to let you know that we are talking about a tough topic today, abortion. Dave talked about a tough topic yesterday on homosexuality. Uh, here at End Time, we are committed to talking about the truth and the hard things. Uh, even when it's uncomfortable, we want to tell you the truth. We want to give you perspective through a biblical lens, through a prophetic lens. And we're committed to doing that no matter how difficult it may seem. Uh, one way that we survive is by donation. So if you are interested in continuing to help us uh, share this message of truth with people, uh, become a monthly partner. It goes a long way in helping us to continue to offer this show totally free on Facebook, YouTube, the radio, and even on television. Uh, you can uh, 
contribute by going to endtime.com slash donate or give us a call at 1-800-363-8463. A donation of any amount goes a long way. So become a monthly partner, a one-time partner. Uh, we're very appreciative of anything you're able to contribute. We are going to take your calls today. The number to call is one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. Doug and I would love to talk to you, even though this is a tough topic. We're, we're willing to take your call and uh, listen to your comments and questions and do our best to interact with you. Um, and then finally, I want to remind you that um, D- uh, Dave, rather, will be in Flint. This is how people mess up your name, Doug. So close to Dave. Uh, Please don't tell people I'm doing a conference. (laughs) Dave will be in Flint, Michigan this coming Saturday, June 26th at 6 p.m. He's going to be talking about the future. You don't want to miss that evening conference. And then he'll also be there on Sunday, the very next morning, June 27th at 10 a.m. We'll be talking about breaking prophetic fulfillments. And he'll be doing a Q&A session as part of that that event. Now, he will be there on Saturday. He, he doesn't uh, get there late and leave early. He does stick around. So if you're not able to make it on Sunday, but you have a question for him, you can still come out on Saturday and chat with him after the lesson there. Um, if he's able to get to everyone, he'll be happy to chat with you. But uh, it's in Flint, Michigan. You can learn more about the venue and the times and anything else you want to know at endtime.com slash events. Now, Doug, we are talking about um, Biden's stance, Biden's evolving stance on abortion. Um, Megan McCain, uh, this video has kind of gone viral in the last 24 hours. Um, she's a co-host of The View. She claimed yesterday that President Joe Biden is spiritually harming both himself and the country with his stance on abortion. Now, there's a strong take. Yeah. I, I was surprised when we talked about this story this morning, but yeah, you're exactly right. That is strong. Uh, during a panel discussion regarding the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops recently voting overwhelmingly to draft a document that could lead to a rebuke of publicly pro-abortion Catholic politicians such as Biden and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, McCain responded firstly to the claim that the Catholic Church should have no say in U.S. politics. We actually have a clip of her comments. We're going to go to it now. If you are a devout Catholic, as President Biden claims to be, abortion is a cardinal sin that can do deep spiritual harm to you. And President Biden had been um, supportive of the Hyde Amendment up until 2019 when he decided to run for president. And the Hyde Amendment means that the government would provide federal funding for abortion uh, or wouldn't. And now he is for it. And he has shown in this upcoming uh, budget that he is for it. And I think that sort of has been the threshold. I remember when it happened. Um, having a conversation with a, a friend of mine who was close to him saying, for me, this is a deep paradigm shift for for how I view President Biden. Because if he's for the federal funding of abortion, and I know the women on this show disagree with me, but as far as I'm concerned, abortion is murder, and that means the government funding of killing of the unborn. And we have to, as uh, pro-lifers, fight for the rights of the unborn. And that is a doctrine that's as old as the Catholic Church itself. So he has to choose, uh, you know, if he, his, his official stance, by the way, is he's 
politically opposed or personally opposed to abortion, but doesn't feel that he had the right to impose this view on the rest of the country. And it just for someone who claims to be pro-life, I never understand this argument. It's like saying I'm personally opposed to murder, but if you want to murder a little bit, it's fine because it's not my problem. It doesn't register with me. I don't get it. So it's ultimately up to the church. But he's walking a very fine line here. And ultimately, all of these issues are are literally life and death for Catholics, for devout Christians. And he's going to have to ultimately talk to his creator when the time comes, as we all do, and and reconcile his politics with his with his personal faith. And and I, I believe that he's doing grave spiritual harm to himself and harm to this country. I'm glad to see her stand up and say those things, Vince. Doug, I'm cranked up. <laughs> I know, it's hard not to be. I'm trying to hold back. Yeah. I mean, I'm listening to that, and I'm going, our president doesn't feel like he should impose his view on abortion on the country. Right. But yet... <laughs> our tax dollars are going to fund abortions. And I mean And that's not our choice. So I get really agitated with inconsistent <laughs> principles. Um you know, I start going when we uh I'm trying to think of a good example that I don't mind sharing. Uh but you know, we'll be talking about things here in the office and it'll be oh I I don't want to do oh what is it? Let's like, like there's some training or whatever and and I don't I don't I didn't want to do that because this other thing was more important or whatever. And then we'll be talking and be like, and then they'll bring up something else and we'll be like, well, wait a minute. Like the principle of not doing that training because this is more important should apply to that other thing that you did that also isn't as important. So I'm thinking about this like, okay, President Biden, you don't want to impose your views on abortion onto this country because you don't feel like that's right. However, I've got to sit through you telling me about Pride Month and transgenderism and your view on that, I've got to sit through and hear about your view on COVID and how that's going to affect my life personally, uh, my day-to-day operation. I've got to sit through and listen to your view on a lot of things. And now you supposedly support uh, pro-life, but you're not going to impose that view on me? Doug, this yeah. doesn't make sense. There's a lot of things... Well, I better be careful. Come on, bring it, though. There's just a lot of things that don't make sense with this administration. But, I mean, that that is one of them. And, you know, she said it's a doctrine that's as old as the Catholic Church about protecting life. Well, we just read before the break. You read what God said back in Genesis. It's older than the Catholic Church. It goes all the way back to creation. And why even tell us that you're Catholic (laughs) if you're concerned about imposing your view? Right. We all know what Catholic believes. Right. We can look that up easily. Yeah. But you sh- what about imposing that view? Yeah. It's... It, I, <laughs> don't get me started, Vince. I, I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to get you going. Uh, well, I'm going to get going because as we go down through here, you're going to see the things that just really fire me up about some of this. So, <sighs> All right. So, Joe Biden, has he always felt that way about abortion? Well, the Catholic League... The president, Bill Donahue, he commented on his changing views on abortion, President Biden's changing view on abortion. And uh, he outlines really nicely in CatholicLeague.org 
It says Joe Biden entered the Senate in 1973, the same year the Supreme Court legalized abortion in its Roe versus Wade decision. He has evolved from being strongly pro-life to rapidly pro-abortion. Here is a list of his changing positions. 1974, a year after Roe versus Wade was decided, he said the ruling had gone too far and that a woman seeking an abortion should not have the sole right to say what should happen to her body. 1976, he votes for the Hyde Amendment, which bans federal funding of abortions. 1981, he introduces the Biden Amendment, which prohibits foreign aid funding of biomedical research involving abortion. 1982, he votes for a constitutional amendment allowing states to overturn Roe v. Wade. 1983, he votes against a constitutional amendment allowing states to overturn Roe v. Wade. 1984, he votes for the Mexican City Police uh, policy, which bans federal funding for abortions. Something else happened in 1984, too, that... Things started to shift a little, it seems. Uh, 1987, he becomes chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee and leads the fight against Supreme Court nominee Judge Robert Bork, whom he said was opposed to Roe versus Wade. 1994, he says, those of us who are opposed to abortion should not be compelled to pay for them. 1995, he votes to ban partial birth abortion. And again in 97, and again in 2003. And then in 2007, he criticizes the Supreme Court decision upholding the ban on partial birth abortion, calling it paternalistic. 2008, he says he is opposed to overturning Roe versus Wade. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> exactly. What happened in 08? That's flip-flopping. Well, that's interesting because yeah. I remember 08 was kind of a significant year for mm-hmm. President Biden. Mm-hmm. 2012, he says the government does not have a right to tell other people that women... Uh, tell other people that women, they can't control their body. 2019, he says he is opposed to the Hyde Amendment, which bans the federal funding of abortion. Now, that should sound familiar because in 1976, of course, that's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, people change, right? Like, I'm, I'm not the same person I was in 1976 because guess what? I wasn't even born then. <laughs> but I'm not the same person I was five years ago. Right. But I guess that's what we're trying to get at is that we need to acknowledge that that old Biden mm-hmm. from back in the day yeah. is a little bit different than today's stance or perhaps quite a bit different. 2020, just last year, he says he supports abortion under any circumstance. Under any circumstance. There is no one in, there is no one in public life who has undergone such a dramatic transformation. He did not change because of the Catholic Church. It did not change its position on abortion. He did not change because of science. It did not change its position on when life begins. It was Biden who changed, and he did so for totally politically political reasons. We are taking your calls, one eight seven seven in time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. Now, Doug, I just walked us through 40 years' worth of time, and we see Biden radically changing. Yeah. And they called him out right there at the end of that. They, they said that it, it wasn't his church's stance that changed. It wasn't science that changed. It was Biden, and he changed for purely political reasons. So the, the ebb and the flow of the times is, uh, you know, where he's going there. Isn't there a scripture that says something about a man that goes to and fro with the wind? <laughs> well, yeah. what's that matter? Yeah, well, I'm, I guess if you're going to call yourself a devout Catholic and you're going to go to Mass every Sunday and you're expecting to be in communion, you, you should, you know, hold true to what 
the doctrines of the Bible teach. Well, I'm not Catholic, but I have family that's Catholic, and I know people that are Catholic, and they say it with laughter and in a joking way, but they'll say, we don't read the Bible. Yeah. So he may not even know that scripture. If well, that, that's true, he may not. If that's okay to apply that, which I've heard many different Catholics say that, yeah. uh, in a comedic way and in a serious way. So if that's true for him as well, he may not even know that scripture exists. That's true. That's true. I'm not Catholic either, just for the record. My wife was at one time, but she's not anymore. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I'm not here to bash the Catholic Church at all. I'm not, I don't think that's what this program is about. It's about uh, Biden saying he's always talking about what a devout Catholic he is. But then just like um, you know, we heard earlier in that video interview, like she, she made a really good point when she said, it's like saying, I don't believe in murdering somebody, but if you need to do it, you know, and it doesn't affect me, it's okay. It's, it's pretty much the stance that he's taking there. It's like, in some cases, it's going to be okay. Well, we just read in that last uh, article that he um, was okay for abortion in any circumstance. And the other thing is, is, that you know, we we heard at the beginning of this that there's many of the states now where these governors believe in full term abortion. So we're talking about a full term baby where they talked about at one point where the mother could actually conceive the child and then they could decide with the doctor right then if they're keeping the child or not. Like if that child had some, uh, you know some kind of complications or they were deformed in some way that they could make a decision. It's not like taking your dog to the vet, Vince. You know what I'm saying? I've got two dogs and I, and I love my dogs, don't get me wrong, but it's not like taking your dog to the vet and deciding, well, we, we just can't take care of this dog anymore. We're going to have to put the dog down because it's getting too old. We're not talking about it. We're talking about a human life here. We're talking about a baby. And they're talking about full-term abortion. That kind of stuff gets me fired up and gets me angry. Because how could anybody do that? How could, uh, like the governor in Virginia, he's, he's one of the governors I'm talking about. His name escapes me right now. But he was, he was a pediatrician. He was a doctor for children for a long time. And now he's okay with full-term abortion in that state. You know, my wife and I, um, we had a little bit of misinformation. I'll say that right up front. But when we were pregnant with our second child and they told us your baby's not going to make it and this was they were they thought she was eight weeks or nine weeks or whatever it was and she was actually six weeks but we didn't know for like four days that that like that's what we had to go off of and it was like those four days were grueling even at 10 weeks i'm saying that to say that uh which you know Thank God that that wasn't the case, and our, we have a very healthy one-year-old now. But um, y- you were saying and getting passionate about a full-term abortion, but I'll just add there that we feel that way about a ten-week, ten-week well, yeah. baby in the womb. Absolutely, like it's not that there's a certain time in the process where it becomes more okay or less okay. Right. Like we feel that way because life happens at conception, and therefore anything after that is murder. We shouldn't allow that. Absolutely. All right. Well, we've got a photo to show you after the break. We've got other things to talk about. We are going to take your calls. The number to call is one eight seven seven 877 time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. 877 363 8463 
Um, it's a heavy topic, but we're going to wrap it up. So we'll talk to you after the break. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, you can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Move Mountains with Irvin Baxter. This book by Irvin's grandson provides 30 days of devotion that will enhance your relationship with God and others. Authentic illustrations from early morning devotions at end time will help you find your purpose and eliminate fears. Commit to taking this 30-day journey and experience real life change. Get your book for only $14.99. Call 1-800-363-8463 or go to endtime.com slash move. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. Open lines at one eight seven seven end time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. We are talking about abortion today, and I just think it's important to just say it again that this is not um, our attempt to tear anyone down, to belittle anyone, to attack anyone. Uh, we feel like it's critical because it's a hot topic in our country and in our world right now. Uh, it's being talked about all over the place. And we think that it's important to have a voice of truth in the mix. And so we don't even want to talk about this subject, really. I mean, we'd rather talk about happy things and, and encouraging things and all that. But um, we just feel like this is a topic that can't be avoided. Uh, we have to bring a biblical perspective on it. And, um, you know, that's going to be sometimes feel uncomfortable. But also we want you to know that we're coming at it from a, a stance of love and patience. And I mean, I have, like I mentioned before, we, we know people who've had abortions and um, we don't belittle them or think less of them. Uh, we realize that people are put in positions and make decisions and sometimes they're bad decisions. And uh, you know what? I've made plenty of bad decisions in my life. And I'm so thankful that good people were surrounding me to love me through my bad decisions and help me get back on my feet and get me back to where I needed to be. And that's all we want to do. Uh, we want to tell you the truth. We don't want to uh, skirt around the truth and hide it and try to act like it's not the case because we still feel like the truth is the truth and we got to say it no matter what. Um, but we also want to do it in love. And so um, if, if there's any time in the, in the show where we haven't expressed it very well, it's totally an error on our part. We're not really representing ourselves. We might get worked up a little bit and not do it the right way or whatever. But 
Um, you know, any of you that have talked to us personally, I think anybody, Doug talks to you all a lot more than I'm able to, but uh, you all know that, that Doug is very patient and loving and kind, and uh, he's not going to attack anybody. So, um, you know, don't get after his dogs, though. He's pretty pretty worked <laughs> up about the dogs. But, uh, you know, um, but, yeah, Doug is not going to be malicious. And so I just wanted to come right out of the break and say that. Uh, we do want to get to the calls. There are open lines at one eight seven seven end time one eight seven seven three six three eight four six three. And we're taking your calls. We'll go to Latasha in Florida. Latasha, welcome to Into the Age. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? We're doing well. Thanks for calling. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, I actually just was calling in and dialed the 877, but I'm glad I called in because the topic is actually really close to my heart because God redeemed that situation in my life. Hmm. Um, in 2009, I had, was it 2009 or 2010, I had an abortion. So I was running from the Lord. I had just gotten sober in Oregon. Uh, moved in with a guy I had met there, and the first pregnancy we had, his mother threatened, you'll be on your own if we, you don't have this abortion. So out of fear and after speaking and hearing different opinions from family members and not understanding and not knowing the Lord, I did it. And it, immediately when it happened was just you're in the depths of your soul. You just you even cry out. You make a sound when it happens. You know it's wrong. I saw this blackness like right when it happened. Then I go out, and there's a room full of 15 girls behind curtains, and they're all weeping, weeping, every single one after the procedure. So if anybody has any doubt in their mind that it's, like, fundamentally wrong, um, even from a secular worldly perspective, you know it's wrong. It doesn't matter. So, but the Lord got, I got born again in 2011 in my grandmother's room. So I was pregnant with the second pregnancy. He left. I end up in Florida living at Grandma's, um, and the Lord appears to me. In, in my sleep, because the father of the child is now gone, we've already been through an abortion, you know, tons of drugs and things in the past, but I just wanted to die. So in a way, I think I repented without even realizing it, because I had reached the end of myself. So I fell asleep, I see the face of Jesus in my room, I wake myself up saying, thank you, Jesus. I also saw my daughter's face in my stomach. So, in the like, spiritual realm. And so when I woke up, saying that I was covered in warmth, and I felt like my DNA was changed. Um, when I read the Bible, I could now read it. I couldn't before. The words were jumping off the page at me. I still didn't hear the real gospel, though, for seven years, because I went to, like, a mega church in the area that wasn't about, you know, the Holy Spirit and different stuff. But now I'm actually on road with revival. So I end up getting back with this guy after I pray and raise my daughter by myself for three years. And the Lord does miraculous work in his life and brings us back together. We now have, and obviously we don't live together, we get married, we do it the right way. Now we have our, our second and third, our two sons, plus our, my nine-year-old daughter that was in the vision that time. When I got born again, it wasn't even a vision, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I immediately wanted baptism water when I woke up too, and I didn't even understand doctrine. That's how I know the power of the water. Well, that's so, awesome, Latasha. We're so thankful to hear about how God has redeemed you and brought you yeah. out of a bad decision that you made. And it's awesome to hear you uh, talk about it from a uh, loving perspective. And it sounds like that the Lord's really helped you navigate 
all the uh, thinking that you had to do, all the relationships that you had. It sounds like the Lord has really helped you. And we're so glad that you uh, accidentally called us and stayed around <laughs> to to chat with us and share your story. I know that it's uh, going to be really encouraging to the people that are listening live and to those that watch later. So thank you for yep. calling. We really appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. And the repentance was real. It was there. I had to seek him on it. And he revealed that the baby was born into his arms at that moment in time, but that when my real repentance came and the turning around, then he began to really work in my life. Now he's using it, and I can tell other people that it is absolutely 100% a sin. Do not do it. It is not okay. And um, if you keep that child under any circumstance, I'll tell you right now, the Lord's going to bless it and double and triple and quadruple bless it and Amen. make your, your life and your decision amazing. And I'm just here to say that right now. And as far as Biden goes, uh, this guy, I mean, he doesn't speak any truth. So anything that he says or has a, quote, opinion on, I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, I think his boss is the father of lies. So why am I going to listen to that, whatever he has to say? He's not even legitimately a president right now. Uh-oh, Latasha, you're going to get us so, in trouble. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're going to get us in trouble, Latasha. You know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for, exactly thank you for calling. Uh, we appreciate it. And we're glad that you were able to get through the line. Mm-hmm. All right, Doug, we better not comment on that. We better yeah. keep on going. Yeah, we'll push on through. <laughs> that was a great testimony. Though. Yeah, Latasha, I mean, that was awesome. You know, there's redemption, and, and that's what the bottom line is. Absolutely. You can find that. Absolutely. Uh, we do want to get to uh, another story. Jen Saki, um, the uh, press, sec- press secretary, was asked about uh, Biden's belief on. Uh, well, here's the question. It says, does the president believe that a 15-week-old unborn baby is a human being? Um, and Saki replies, are you asking me if the president supports a woman's right to choose? No, that's not what that's they're asking you. That's not what the you. question was at all. That is not what they asked you, and you know it. Uh, we've got a picture that we want to show of a 15-week-old fetus. See if we can get that on the screen. So you can see here, Doug, you wanted to share this photo so you could kind of talk through. Yeah, I mean, Vince, we see a human being there. We see a person, a tiny little person with fingers and toes and a brain. You can You can see that that child has a brain that's functioning there and you know of course there's a heartbeat and everything else with this baby at 15 weeks look at that and there were other pictures i could show where they're actually holding a 15 week in the palm of their hand that's how tiny this baby is but just look at how fragile that little life is and and i know this is where i get emotional and worked up and and even to the point to where I want to cry just because of how terrible the situation is for an aborted baby. Uh, you know, some of the things we talked about before, Vince, uh, when we were getting ready for the program and some of the things that we talked about about how they perform these abortions and how terrible it is and what they do to these babies. And you even told me that you've seen sonograms uh, where they were doing an abortion and they had a sonogram going and you actually see the baby trying to get away from uh, the the little tool that they use to extract that baby. And well, how I, I showed you that, that um, infograph yeah. that you didn't really want to see. Right. I felt like it was important that you see it because I was explaining that you know when they do an abortion, it's not... You know, they don't explain what's actually happening. I mean, they go in, 
um, with plier-like tools and they rip the baby's limbs off and then they rip their torso off and then because the skull creates a problem on extracting it, they will crush the skull and then remove pieces of the skull. I mean, this is not... This is not a humane surgical procedure. This is a terrible experience for the mother, and obviously the baby is being murdered. Um, if you want to look at that, and it's not pleasant to look at, uh, you can go to liveaction.org and search their site and see. Uh, there's a doctor that has performed over 1,500 abortions. I don't uh, recall his name off the top of my head, but he explains in this video that one time after he performed an abortion, he was piecing the baby back together because that's what they do to make sure that they've got all the baby um, out. But they pieced them back together. And as he was doing that, he said that all he could see was that he had just done this to somebody's son or daughter. And that changed him in that moment. Like he said, he couldn't keep doing it. And he's never done another one since. He's got tons of footage out uh, sharing his um uh, his perspective on that. I highly recommend uh, hearing from him. But, Doug, I showed that to you because I just feel like the, the way that abortion is presented is not like what it really ha- was really happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, you made the comment it's not humane at all. It, it's not. That's why I was talking about the dogs earlier. We're more humane with our animals than we are with a human life. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, That drives me insane because you hear all the time about you know people who abuse animals and it seems like people get more worked up over that than they do of of a baby's life and we just saw the picture of a 15 week old and you can see that that's a human that's a little life you know my sister she um, had a a baby at 24 weeks who only survived a day but we held that baby in our hand like you mentioned i mean i could hold that baby in our hand her name was alicia Actually, many of you probably know my sister. If you're part of JPC, Micah, um, she would have been, uh, Alicia would have been 16 or 17 this year if she had survived. But, um, you know, she only lived one day and we held her in in our hand Mm. and she was totally functional. She had some complications, obviously, but it's very clearly like any other baby. There's not, it's not some special class of people, you know. We shouldn't be discriminating against these unborn human beings. Right, absolutely. And yet, something's up. Yeah. It's not good. We need to circle back to this article. Oh, I see what you did there. See what I did. Uh, Saki said, Joe Biden is a strong man of faith. Mm. The president's faith is personal. It's something that has helped guide him through some challenging moments in his life. And that's how many Americans see their faith as well. Not me, Saki. I, I think us real Christians, we don't want to keep our faith hidden in the shadows. We don't want to keep it to where people don't know what we believe. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think many of us real Christians aren't hiding anything. We're ready to talk about it. We're ready to broadcast it wherever it needs to be broadcast to help shine light in a dark world and change our world. But apparently, that's not how our president views it. Um, she says he, she suspects that he'll continue to attend church and continue to partake in communion. So, whew, tough topic. We're going to get to your calls after the break. one 877 end time 1-877-363-8463. We look forward to hearing from you.
most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, we opened our Jerusalem Prophecy College in downtown Jerusalem. These same courses are now available online for people who are unable to attend the classes in person. We welcome students to join us and discover the link between current events and the prophecies of the Bible. Take your place in the prophecy of Daniel 1133. Enroll in the Jerusalem Prophecy College today. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. Welcome back to Into the Age, Vince Stegall and Doug Norvell. We are taking your calls at one 877 I do want to remind you again that Dave will be in... Uh, Flint, Michigan, this weekend. Uh, we'll be talking about the future and breaking prophetic fulfillments. The Saturday session is at 6 p.m. and the Sunday session is at 10 a.m. You can learn more about the venue and other details of the conference at endtime.com slash events. I also want to remind you that it is still June. We do have, still have a special discount on Irvin Baxter's classic DVD set, Understanding the end, end Time. We believe it's foundational content for anyone to understand Bible prophecy. So you definitely need it if you don't have it already. You can get this entire 14 DVD set for a minimum donation of $99. Or if uh, you're not able to pull that off, we've set up a way to do four auto donations of $25. So it's normally $199 because there's tons of content, hours and hours of content. Um, it's really a great uh, resource to have. Um, the deal is going to end this month. So after June, it's not available. It won't be available again for the foreseeable future. So if you want to do that, uh, get it for yourself, get it for a friend, you can do that by going to, uh, if you want the $99 route, go to endtime.com slash UTE99. If you want the $25 route, you can go to endtime.com slash UTE25. You can also call 1-800-363-8463 to get it over the phone. All right, we'll go back to the phones. Trey in Texas, welcome to End of the Age. Yes, hello? Hi, Trey, you're on the air. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Absolutely. Uh, I want to say I have some some mixed feelings about the abortion issue. Uh, I think it's sad that people look at abortion as a means of birth control. And, uh, you know, it really breaks my heart. But I really don't want a government that's encroaching upon our civil liberties. Liberties and our, our, you know, our, our privacy. Uh, I, I'm concerned about that, and we have we've we've seen this government be more and more encroaching upon our personal private lives uh, throughout the years, and it it just concerns me to have an overbearing and overreaching government. Absolutely, I'm with you. Um, I'm very concerned about overreaching government in more ways than one. I would say. And this is just another one on the list of where they're trying to overreach, in my opinion, and clearly in yours. We appreciate you calling and and sharing your thoughts, Trey. Thank you very much. Absolutely. You know, Doug, we've said when we've talked about um, the border situation, when we've talked about G7 or anything, any of these other topics, rarely are we actually getting to talk about the topic because it's usually never about that. 
Yeah. You know, we are, you know, in this case, government overreach. It's about world government. Yeah. The agenda, the, the, what's behind what we can see. Yeah. You know, the agenda is world government. The agenda is a, a belief system that is accepted by all or at least forced acceptance. I, I, don't, I don't know how to say it, but um, um, implemented where everyone has to live by it. Right. Um, and then we all just kind of get in line and follow what we're told. And they, they don't like know, our freedom. And you bring up a great point that even this ties into world government because one of the things that the world government wants is population control. And if they can allow abortions and then go to people and push those abortions on people uh, by, you know, convincing people that you need to do this. I've, I, I heard a really scary story and uh, about a young lady that, uh, you know, had gone in and changed her mind about having an abortion and then basically had to break out of the place to get away because they once she was there and signed on the dotted line they were going to make sure that that abortion happened and so i you know you read about these kind of things and and that even shocks you know i can't think of a, a worse thing to have that conscience kick in and and you know you decide this is not what I want and want to get up and get out of there and they've got doors locked where you can't get out. Uh, that would be a, a very frightening situation. Uh, but, you know, moving on and just kind of talking about with Scripture about these things, this is definitely where this falls in line. There's a list of six things that God hates in Proverbs. Proverbs 6. And it says one of those things are hands that shed innocent blood. So you don't think of God as being a God that hates anything, but he hates hands that shed innocent blood. And that definitely goes along with this. These babies are innocent, uh, and they're spilling their blood. They're taking their lives, and God hates that. And, you know, all throughout the Bible, Vince, there's, there's history of this going on. There was uh, a pagan ritual that uh, the... Uh, the god of Molech was was the god's name that the Ammonites and the uh, Canaanites worshipped this god. And he was like a, a father figure to them, this god. But they would sacrifice their children and their babies to this god. And one of the ways that they did it was just as bad as what we hear in these abortion stories. They heated up the, the hands and the arms on this statue, this brass statue... So hot that when they put the baby on there, it just incinerated the baby alive. And, I mean, it's, it's a horrible thing. But God, he, he said back in Leviticus, Leviticus 20, uh, he said this. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Again, thou shalt say to the children of Israel, Whosoever be of the children of Israel, are of the strangers that sovereign in Israel, that giveth any of his seed unto Molech, that God, Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones, and I will set my face against that man and will cut him off from among his people because he hath given his seed, his baby, unto Molech to defile my sanctuary and to profane my holy name. So God, he feels so strongly against it that he says he will he will kill those people that he'll cut them off 
There's a lot of scripture that talks about this, and it's one of those things, you know, where I kind of understand God's righteous anger here, and it makes me very angry. And I know people, you know, Vince, they're going to talk about Abraham, and we know about Abraham, and we know that God tested Abraham, Mm -hmm. tested his faith with Isaac, the promised son. And we know from the Bible how that turned out. Abraham knew God was going to supply. He knew the whole time. You can tell through the story when you're reading it in Genesis. He knew he took people with him to help carry the supplies, to build the altar, to sacrifice Isaac. Because God told him this is what he required of that, that promised son he was going to give him. But, but the conversation they had in that passage, Vince, you remember what he told the guys that stayed back with the mules. He told them, the boy and I are going to go up and we're going to worship, but we're going to come back. He knew ahead of time, look, we're going up there and we're going to do this, but the boy and I are coming back. And as he goes up there, Isaac's no dummy. I mean, you know, we don't know how old Isaac was there, but he was probably, you know, around, I think I've heard people say that he might have been around 15 or so, you know, 12 to 15 years old. They're walking up there. He's a, you know, he's a strong young lad. He could have probably run away from his dad for sure and outran his dad. His dad was hundred and something years old, you know, at this time. And he's asking his dad questions. Uh, dad, I see the wood. I see the knife. We got the fire. I don't see a ram. And Abraham told him God's going to supply it. So this is not the same story because this was a story of faith. God was not going to um, allow this to happen the whole time. And Abraham had faith enough to know God was going to supply. And then what happened? When Abraham gets to that point where he raises the knife up, the angel of the Lord says, don't touch the boy. And at that time he sees a ram caught in a thicket and God surely provided just the way Abraham knew he would because of his faith. It's an entirely different thing. So we can't, you know, I know I'll get emails and things about that. and That's why I wanted to cover that today because I wanted to say, look, it's not the same thing. But that can be found in Genesis 22. If anybody's looking for that story and they haven't seen it, that story's in Genesis 22. And, and you talked about hands that shed innocent blood. That's Proverbs 6, 17. We got some people asking about that. Okay. Proverbs 6, 17. Yeah. So your, your opinion on this, what do you think? Do you think that we're right in kind of saying that abortion is like a modern-day sacrifice? Well, you know, there's people with lots of opinions on that, too. Yeah. Especially when you bring up Moloch. Yeah. Um, you're not saying that these are sacrifices to Moloch. Let's make no, that clear. They're not. Um, but is it comparable? Uh, I don't think you can get away from that. I mean, you know, so is um, when the Israelites, well, when Egypt tried to force the Israelites to throw the babies in the Nile. You know what? I look at it and go, we've got a similar pandemic, a legit pandemic. Yeah. You know, Egypt, the Egyptians, Pharaoh were, was trying to get the Israelites to throw their babies in the Nile and succeeded in basically every case. Yeah. But look what came out of that. There's a revival coming out of that. Yeah, exactly. And they were delivered from their bondage. Yes. And they, they pursued and they went through a lot of junk before they got to their promised land. But out of that, in spite of how bleak it looked, in spite of how impossible it looked, they had revival. They came out of that 
and pursued their promised land. And I look at what we're going through today in America and I'm going, man, it doesn't look good as a Christian, as somebody, as a believer. And the what from my perspective, as somebody that has any type of moral compass, I don't get how you can look at this and and feel OK about it. Um, In fact, if this is all you're going to focus on, you're probably going to get down about it and go, wow, you know, we are going to hell in a handbasket and whatever other phrase you can think of that's not good. Mm -hmm. But I look at it and I'm going, I get all that. I feel it like it's heavy. It's a heavy thing. But at the same time, just like any of these other times that we've read about, there's revival that's available. But people like you and me, We've got to stand up for these unborn lives, not just physically, which we should do. We should petition and do whatever we can to help stop this stuff. We should do that. But I wouldn't recommend doing that until you started praying about it. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not praying about it, why are you going to the courthouse? You need to pray about it. Uh, We all need to pray together about these things. I'm telling you what, no matter how bleak it looks, there's an opportunity for revival here, here. It's just going to take people like you and me to do our part, to fight spiritually. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, Doug. Right. And see, that's the thing that this is the, the enemy has been behind this from the beginning, just like you're saying in this situation with Egypt at the time that Jesus was born. It, it's been a constant thing that the enemy has always been behind the killing of our children and wanting to do that. But but here's here's something else that I just want to say, too. If, if you're in that situation, if you're a young woman and you think that you're at the end of the rope and you have no other option, there are options available. There's uh, adoption is available. There are people out there that cannot have children that would love to adopt a baby. And so it, don't let pride, don't let shame, don't let fear rule your decision making on this. You know, seek the Lord. Pray about it. Like Vince said, even if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, begin to call out to the Lord and ask him for help. Because that's that's the way that we're going to put an end to this is when young women decide, look, I may not be able to take care of this baby myself, but the Lord loves this baby and I'm going to do what I can to provide a life for this baby somehow. And we also need older women that aren't going through that to present themselves in a loving way that young women can approach them. Yeah. That's another topic for another day. We thank you for tuning in to End of the Age. Uh, We are committed to talking about the truth and the hard subjects, so stay tuned. We'll be here back tomorrow at 3 p.m. to do the same. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.